This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 161 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Finish Line Fencing. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today we have Juliet Getty, and she's one of our regulars now. She's going to talk to us a little bit about stress and our horses. And then we've got a new guest, a gentleman that's never been on before, and he's on fire. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings. Debbie, how is everything at Flag is Up Farms? Oh, great. No, it's great. We're finally starting to loosen up a little bit around here. How are you in Florida? Florida, as we record this uh, at the beginning of June, summer has hit full force. So oh, we, you we want to go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> we're, swel- we're sweltering just a little bit right now because that's what it does uh, here. Well, we're getting real excited because we were able to finally make that decision that the movement will go on and we are not going to have to cancel on people. And Yay! we're really, yes, I know, you know, people were begging, begging, begging. And Jonathan Rippon, our guest today, is actually one of those that was really delighted that we were able to keep going because he's from Horse and Country TV. And Horse and Country TV have been, you know, so disappointed that so many events were canceled and their content, you know, has been difficult to to find. And we They've had this on the- really clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Very creative. Very repetitive. And, you know, no, they, they're doing their, their bestest. But, you know, we, we decided in 2019 that we were going to live stream the movement. And, and uh, so it, you know, broadened our audience. So it's always been something we had planned. We just didn't know it was going to be critical <laughs> when we yeah. did it. Yeah. And we're really glad it was able to stay on. And that's why Jonathan has been asking us, you know, please, please don't, don't do it. But it was mostly the laws. It wasn't that we wanted to do it. It was all about the governor and, you know, social distancing and, and gathering and, and all those things. So we won't have an audience because we can't do that yet. So we are going to, we made the big decision just this last week to do it live streaming, but it's going to be pretty different than what you're thinking. This is not your Zoom office meeting. Uh-uh. No, you're working with Horse and Country TV, so it's going to be uh-huh. top of the line. Yeah. Oh, it is going to be interactive. We're going to have people are able to submit ahead questions, and then they're able to interact live, act on that by writing us. They'll have access right into the event, so they can you know, counter punch with questions and things like that too. So it's going to be like for those people who are a little introvert and you're sitting in the front row and you don't want to raise your hand and ask that question of Temple Grandin, you know, or Monty Roberts, this way you can actually type it and, you know, and they'll answer you. They'll say, dear Susan, I got your question. But, you know, you, you might actually find that this is going to be a little more interactive than an event. Well, so we is, think that is it's a very be interesting point of view for people who, do not particularly enjoy large gatherings in person, Mm -hmm. this -hmm. could be a significant advantage. And for people who do love large gatherings in person, this is the next best thing you can have in June of 2020. Exactly. And we are not going to have your podium and big screen behind them. None of that stuff anymore. No. What we're going to have is a round pin there. These cameras from different angles will have multi-camera angles and multimedia, you know, that actually participates into the streaming. So if Dr. Siemens is talking about how the ocular, the eye works on a horse for their vision, then he can actually throw up a graphic. Then camera goes back on him. He talks about it. He shows it on the horse back to another, you know, explanation diagram kind of thing that he can't do when he's there alive. You know, so it's going to be really cool that way. Temple Grandin has the coolest. One thing that really came out of this is that everybody knows they have to up their game on streaming. And she does her classrooms at CSU, Colorado State University. She's doing them on the online now, right? As many universities are doing just to keep the the flow of classroom 
time. And so she's she knows that she had to up her game on on what the graphics look like and everything. So she has a whole team working on that stuff too. So again, we wouldn't have had that had she been standing in our round pen. We'd have her, but we we're going to have her and we're going to have it. So I think people are going to be, I think it's going to blow their socks off. I think this is going to be a little bit groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. You think a little bit. And it's very exciting that you've got Jonathan coming on from Horse and Country TV because I'm, it's, if you have never gone to Horse and Country TV and sucked up a little bit of your day, I highly recommend it. But it's going to be great to hear about his work there and, and what they do at Horse and Country TV and how they've worked with Monty Roberts for many, many years. And of course, who doesn't love to hear Juliet Getty talking about stress? Hello, summertime's here. We're all locked up yeah. in. April, May, June of 2020, we're all stressed. And we're going to hear a little bit about stressing your horse, but we're going to do that after we hear from our title sponsor. Well, I'm here with Kim and Lisa. I'm really excited to talk to them a little bit about finish line fencing. You are a little different than things that I'd been seeing out there. And I'm always trying to problem solve with different areas. We have 80 acres here on the farm. So I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit about finish line fencing. Hi, Debbie. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Finish Line itself has actually been out for over 30 years now, and you've probably seen it all over the place, but you just never realized it was Finish Line. So it's kind of like the next generation of fencing. One of the best things I think uh, Finish Line has to offer people is that when they're getting, you know, having a farm is just a lot of work, as we all know. And this, this type of fencing is absolutely zero maintenance. So basically what they do, it's lightweight. You can install it yourself very quickly. It works with any type of post. So it's very simple and can work in a lot of different situations. But the best thing about it is once you install it, you really never have to retention the the material. So it's pretty much your one and done. And it can handle any type of environment. It can handle the the sun and the UV rays that's UV inhibited throughout. Or if you are up in the freezing cold at the top of a mountain, it can handle all of that snow and have no effect on the finish line itself. Yeah, I I don't know of another kind of fencing that can do that. Well, I have a lot of friends who have acreage that they really scratch their heads when it comes to have to put in fencing. And it sounds like this actually is a solve. So you can actually check out our website. It is finishlinefence.com. Our Facebook page is Finish Line Fence. Um, or give us a call. Our number is 877-625-6100. has been the director of content for Horse and Country TV for over 10 years, responsible for all sport, training, and learning, documentary, and entertainment programming on Horse and Country's worldwide streaming service and popular cable TV channels. Jonathan's career has also included senior management roles at ITV and BBC, where he worked on the launch of the BBC's children TV channel, CBBBC, and CBs. While at ITV, Jonathan worked on developing new entertainment formats with ITV Studios America, pitching to the major networks and the cable channels in the U.S. When not working in TV, Jonathan is a singer-songwriter and a former choral scholar in the King's College Choir, Cambridge. Having sung at prestigious venues such as London's Royal Albert Hall and Sydney Opera House, he also sung backup for the likes of Sam Smith and Basement Jacks. Jonathan recently released a new upbeat dance track called Feel the Fire, available on Spotify, iTunes, and all good platforms. Well, welcome, Jonathan Rippon. Dear friend, how are you? Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. I'm delighted to be on Horsemanship Radio. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, 
I'm good. Thank you. I'm glad to finally have you on Horsemanship Radio. We've been remiss. We certainly have worked together a long, long time. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we, we've read to the listeners that you have worked for Horse and Country TV for over 10 years now. And that's a long time in this business. I yes, that's, that's true. But, you know, we're absolutely delighted to have worked with you and with Monty for all that time as well. And I've also had the great fortune to come to Flaggers Up Farms during that time and experience your great hospitality there as well and see our wonderful ranch and everything there, all the facilities. It's quite an amazing place. You're sweet. You're sweet. You came at a really good time. That was Imani's special training, as I recall, probably an August date, yeah. something like that. It was beautiful summer and we eat lunch up at the house. under. It the- was a rather fabulous barbecue and uh, some <laughs> lovely wine as well. I remember it well. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we just have to do that. That's just part of the Santa Barbara wine country there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good vice to have we have over there. But yeah, thanks for visiting. That was really fun. And you are sitting in England as we speak, though, right? Yes, indeed. I'm in London. Yes. Yeah. They, so stay staying up late. Thank you for us. I appreciate that. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> it, it's fun that you have, you're multi-talented and people are going to know that about you just because of your longevity and your, your bio and your CV, what you have done. But I wanted to get in a little bit about a lot of people who are listening are always trying to figure out better ways to make a living so that they can keep their horses. <laughs> and and that's the biggest impetus for a lot of people. You know, there's people that are, are blessed to have a training background and work with horses all the time. But a lot of us go out and fetch a living in order to go back and and support our horse habit. <laughs> so mm. we call. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> mm. But where did where did you have horses in your background, if at all, before you came well, to country? Personally, I didn't. Um, I have television and content, I guess, in in my background. Um, I've worked in TV for over 20 years here in the UK, including working at the BBC and ITV in in senior management roles there. And, And indeed, when I was at ITV, worked on developing global formats for the company and had the opportunity to work with ITV Studios America as well, which was very exciting at that time and pitch new format ideas to the networks and and cable channels there. But I was approached um, to be um, well, head of programming. I'm now director of content at, at Horse and Country, mm-hmm. really because um, during my career, I'd worked in lots of different areas in TV, and specifically both in the broadcast side and the production side. So I've both produced shows, developed shows, and also scheduled channels. Um, and at the BBC, my boss and I created the two children's digital channels, CBBC mm-hmm. and CBBS, for example. And I think it was the mix of those sort of skills that Heather Killen, who is the CEO and chairman of Horse and Country, was what attracted her to offer me the position, and which I, I was delighted to do because it's it's a wonderful opportunity at H and C. I mean, we do with a very small team what other bigger television channels would yes. do with. <laughs> a team 10 times the size and and you know and we're an extremely passionate team it wasn't going to be very proud of everything we've done and achieved and and so yeah it, it wasn't from a horsey background but having been there for over 10 years and having been to numerous horsey events which i i love and and i i now feel that i've got horses in my blood as it mm-hmm. were and mm-hmm. i love you know whether it's, it's show jumping, eventing, dressage, or indeed horsemanship training. I really love watching it. And what I love best of all is the passion that people have for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I've always worked in areas where people have been passionate about that area of content. Right. And none more so really than with Horse and Country. Uh, you know, we have a huge, huge social media re- reach on our uh, Horse and Country Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And the fans are enormously passionate. And when we put out a new show a new piece of content that they enjoy, they will tell us about it. And of course, if they don't like something, they'll tell us about it too. <laughs> but the majority, uh, they, they enjoy and it's, and, uh, it's just that amount of passion that um, is a drive for me, really. That's wonderful. I, I'm so glad you got to know the, the people behind the horses too. And, and I do feel that about you. I feel that you are tuned in to, to the equestrian world. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do. But Let's talk about your your artsy background too, because to me, this is sort of where you you got your solace was in music, and yes. I I see that as you know I'm sure Heather recognized this talent in you too to to understand people as 
and their emotions and what takes them uh, into the media world. I, I think in this, we'll mention this, this is being recorded during the pandemic lockdown time. And I think media has become more important in people's lives probably than any other time because we're so dependent on our music, our TV, everything that's going on that's coming into the house and, uh, you know, allowing us escapism a little bit. So what is it about your music that gives you solace? Well, I've always found, thought that music is the one universal language. It's the one thing that I've never met anybody in my life who doesn't enjoy some form of music. It's the one thing that unites everybody, I believe. And, and that's a wonderful thing in itself. And um, my, my parents, both professional musicians, my father was an opera singer. My mom is a, is a pianist and, and teaches piano as well. And she taught me music and my brother as well. And, you know, I have played violin, clarinet and piano and, and singing has is, is been my main thing for, for many years. And music has brought me incredible joy and, and it just does. It, it's one of the, it's such a powerful emotional experience and um, a sort of personal association that people have with music. When people tell you about their favorite songs or their favorite uh, pieces of music, whatever type, whatever genre of music they enjoy, they'll always tell you with enthusiasm uh, and how much it means to them and they remember it the first time they heard it and things like that. So I think it's that hugely powerful emotional memory experience with music. And um, in the same way that I've always loved television, and it was my dream job to work in TV and to run a television channel. So I'm fortunate to have achieved my dream job. But I, at the same time, have a huge passion for music, too. And so I'm, I, I try to keep both going at the same time as best mm -hmm. I can. Yes, you do. You do a good job. You do a good job. But we're and we're so happy that you're there at the seat of it too, directing the content for Horse and Country. You guys have really innovated. You mentioned uh, in briefly your social media, but you guys really stepped up the game in the equestrian programming of any kind mm. uh, in in social media content and and in leading us to. I think one thing that the the network I'm on here in podcasting is called Horse Radio Network. I think it's done one of the better jobs in the podcasting field for crossover. You yeah. know, 20, 30 years ago, the horse industry was very segmented. You know, it, they thought the horses were different. <laughs> and, you know, the discipline and the sport is different, but really horses between the ears are pretty much the same. And this was um, a wonderful thing to learn because it got people interested in other sports. It even created some crossover sports. So I, I think you're probably upping the game not only for that, but you're also spreading it around within the horse world so mm. that people people got get introduced to new sports, new disciplines. It also brings Thank to light, you. I think, some changes that are being made in the horse industry too, because, you know, there's a camera rolling now. And I think some some industries that probably were uh, needing a little shift are doing better. And I thank yes. you for that too. I thank you for that too. Um, well, thanks, Debbie. And I just like to yeah, pick up on what you said there. And I think people have always clamored for more equestrian sports and equestrianism in general to be represented on TV. And what's interesting now, of course, is the way that people consume media has changed over the years, and particularly in recent times. We're in the kind of Netflix and Amazon Prime generation. And, uh, you know, when I first started at Horse and Country, we were a traditional uh, solely a traditional satellite at the time television channel uh, in the UK and Ireland originally. And then we grew and we do still have very successful linear traditional TV channels on cable in the UK, in the Netherlands, where 800,000 people have watched us on cable television last month alone um, wow. and in Sweden. Um, but um, we also now have our worldwide streaming service at horseandcountry.tv and we are delighted to be available in the States and making great inroads in America in terms of new content and in terms of, of, of sport as well there. And now Horse and Country is available on web and mobile apps there, if I can just, just let everybody know where it is available, Please. and also yeah. on, on Roku and Apple TV and Android TV and Amazon Fire. So there's lots of ways where people can access Horse and Country and indeed cast it to their big screen TVs too. And it's $9.99 <laughs> a month uh, in the States. And uh, that gives you access to over 1,200 hours of programming on demand, which goes across sport, training and learning, documentary and entertainment content. And that's one of the things, the mix that makes Horse and Country unique. 
but also we uh, have our production company in the States as well. And, um, you know, as soon as live sports starts up again after this this extraordinary period, we are planning to live stream events such as the Mars Great Meadow International in Virginia in August and the United States HJA International Hunter Derby Championship as well, uh, provided everything continues to, to go ahead at that time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really exciting. And, um, yeah, working um, closer and closer with uh, partners in, in the States. That, yeah, it's so cool. I'm so glad. I mean, we sat over here working with you since the early 2000s, I think, when we first went with Horse and Country TV. And it just seemed such an anomaly that you weren't over in the U.S. So it, you know, I know all the great things uh, are in Europe for hundreds of years, but but and we're we're upstarts here. But there's a there's a vibrant equestrian community that loves having to be. We're so big in the U.S., right? It's so spread out. Just for somebody in California to go all the way to Kentucky to Absolutely. see, uh, you know, the the great the great things that our horse or Florida or New York, you know, you think yeah. about that. Those points are uh, across Europe and further for you guys, right? Yes, indeed. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's so nice to be able to, I mean, I, I love live events and everybody does, but you're not all, always able, you know, you can't just, we can't be like uh, deadheads that, you know, tour around and follow all equestrian programming <laughs> across the United <laughs> States, sell our sell our things, buy a van. You know, we can't do that. So, <laughs> so tell me, I know that you just made an acquisition. I think it was in 2019 of e- EQSN, which is yeah. the, yeah. So tell us a little bit about live streaming. Well, it, yeah. So EQSN is now is part of Horse and Country, and we're really thrilled to have them on, on board, a team headed up by David Qualls. And they have an enormous experience in very high quality live sports streaming production in the States um, for, for equestrian sports. And it's just we've got their expertise now on board and the number of events that they have relationships with. And we're looking forward to streaming. And um, and indeed, we're going to be working with your good selves um, and live streaming yeah. The movement in June, which is hugely exciting for us, the first time where we've done a big um, natural horsemanship training event and and from the 21st to the 23rd of June, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for people to be able to see it who otherwise, unfortunately, due to circumstances at present, um, might not be able to attend. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, we're really, we're really excited to be working with you. Thank you. Yeah, it, you, you basically had planned this some time ago. So we it was just serendipitous that we were able to continue our, our plans and our thoughts for the movement. And that includes Monty, Monty Roberts, uh, Temple Grandin. We've got certified instructors, Jamie Jennings. We've got uh, instructors that are all the way over in England and Germany. And we, we imagine zooming those in if we're not allowed to fly in as we as we post this podcast episode 161 it is going to be posting in mid-june and we're recording this much earlier than that so it'll we'll, we'll see right yes, but I, I i love that you have talent on board for the future yes. you know, equestrian programming absolutely so and smart. During this period as well, Debbie, of course, we've had to be innovative and creative in terms of what we can do. Um, We were fortunate that we had filmed some content which was already in the can, which we were able to edit and and sort of put out in a staggered way during this period for people to keep them entertained. Um, But uh, also we created a brand new format called The Check-In. And this is a remote interview show done over Zoom or Skype. And in the UK, our presenter, Jenny Rudel, has interviewed many big names such as Carl Hester and Charlotte Dujardin. And we are working with our American presenter, Katie Stazak, who's absolutely brilliant, based in Florida. And she then has so far interviewed the likes of Stefan Peters and Laura Kraut and Ashley Bond and BZ Madden and Bill Maroney, the CEO of the USEF. And uh, we're very much looking forward to having Monty on the show as well, Uh celebrating his birthday, which will be a wonderful thing. And yeah, it's been a really... Uh, exciting format and people getting used to slightly more what I call lo-fi uh, production values, um, mm-hmm. people doing things over Zoom and the like, but they've become so used to it. It's become so much part of our lives in this sort of new normal, as it were, mm-hmm. that I think um, it's just been an opportunity to rethink things and uh, and just do things that previously would have been concerned about the production values and things like that. But yeah, it's been it's been a great opportunity in that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've all got our little home studios set up now, and <laughs> yeah, and we, we forgive the backgrounds or the the, the babies occasionally That's they right. go through. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's really exciting. So, what else does Horse and Country? Anything that you can share that's coming up in the offing in the next year or so for us horse? You know, we can't get enough of. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm just trying uh, thinking of things I can. Um, talk about right now we've got um we hope to do a uh, a new series of our very popular format the all-star academy which is like our kind of reality tv series on hnc people audition to be on the show and uh, we choose a number of contestants and they they come to talent uh, the big equestrian uh, center run by pammy hutton in england and she puts them through through their paces there and we're going to be doing another version of that maybe a kind of spin-off series of that hopefully to be filmed um later on in the year and um we we recently did a training program with the eventer pippa funnel which was enormously popular and we're going to be doing a, a second one of those as well and there's there's a lot of 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 training shows and also entertainment formats and documentaries in in the pipeline Great. Great. Okay, cool. That's something to look forward to. And how do people, so how do people get a hold of horse and country now? Remember, us horse people, we're low tech. Sure. (laughs) Well, the easiest way is via our website, which will tell you exactly where you can watch it anyway, but you can subscribe on our website. Our website and our streaming service are are one and the same. So if you just simply go to horseandcountry.tv, that's all spelled out, horseandcountry.tv. That if you go there, it'll basically tell you everything you need to know. But you can okay. subscribe directly there and then watch it on your laptop uh, or download our app and watch it on your mobile. And uh, as I say, also, if you have Roku or Apple TV, Android TV or Amazon Fire, you can watch it on any of those um, platforms as well. Perfect. Okay. And you can go see my dad. Backstage Pass. He's been yes. doing that Backstage Pass for a long time. And it, it, basically the format there is that we we had a we have a wonderful Lex Beckett is uh, somebody that you recommended, I think, too, a videographer yeah. in England who has followed him all the way around <laughs> around the country and filming from the perspective as if you're backstage pass, watching Monty come in, talk to the people. And it, it's a nice format. It, it feels like you're on tour with him, which is kind exactly. of cool. Yeah, I think it feels of... like you, you are literally backstage and it's kind of a unique view and, mm-hmm. and a unique insight into it. And uh, yeah, people love that show. Well, yeah, Monty's I, just perennially sure. popular on H&C. He's got such a fantastic personality and such a unique way of expressing horsemanship and getting it across to people in a very gentle and also formative way. Very nice. Thank you very much. Well, he is a horse, you know, after all. Yes. So we all, <laughs> we love him for that. But, but, and I couldn't let you go without asking a little bit. We talked about your music, but you've got a new song out and it's such a fun dance music light. I loved it. And your Thank voice you. is gorgeous, as people can already tell here. Your <laughs> voice is gorgeous, but it's, um, you, you called it an upbeat dance track called Feel yeah. the Fire. I loved it. And so um, we're hoping we can work out getting a little bit of it on here so people can hear just a little tease of it. But how do people how, how do people find you on that, too, so well, we can see how the other life work lives? You know? Thank yeah. you, Debbie. It's available on uh, – I'm on Spotify and all the other some major platforms, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and, and Bandcamp. And, and under my full name, Jonathan Rippon, and uh, the track is called Feel the Fire, as you said. I'm really proud of it. I'm really excited about it. It's had – over two and a half thousand streams in uh-huh. 12 days or so and like over 1100 monthly unique people listening to it around the world and so yeah i'm just really thrilled and a lot of people in the states actually and it's it's something a, a song i wrote with a friend called ollie shelton who also produced it and it's got a very catchy sax riff in it mm-hmm. and a lot of people tell me they it just makes them want to get up and dance and yeah. i know people have used it as their kind of running track when they've been doing their exercise oh, and stuff as well <laughs> so true. um and it's getting some radio play as well in the uk uh, this week which is fantastic so yeah it's just been really exciting experience yeah congratulations on that i hope that is just a little um inkling into more that you get to do too because we love to see people happy and dancing and having fun during this time so it's a great time to to give us a little infusion of feel the fire 
Thanks, nice. Debbie. Yeah, I think anything that can keep spirits up is a, is a good thing. Exactly. Well, you do, Jonathan. You're great. And I appreciate you being on here and uh, we'll, we'll have you back again. I would love to. We'll talk oh, more yes. about what Horse and Country has been up to and uh, and it'll be after after the movement. So we'll, we'll get to talk about our experience with that, too. And that'll be yeah. fun. Fantastic. I'll look forward to it. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks for being on Horsemanship Radio. Cavallo hoof boots are easy to get on and stay on in all types of terrain and activities. Unique drainage slots allows water to drain out quickly, and they are super easy to take off too. With Cavallo's, you spend your time on the trail with your best friend, not wasting time putting on complicated hoof boots. Cavallo hoof boots come in three durable upper options and two sole widths. You get confidence and security with their best boot ironclad warranty. Cavallo hoof boots take you where you want to go. Juliet Getty is an independent equine nutritionist with a wide U.S. and international following. Her research-based approach optimizes equine health by aligning physiology and instincts with correct feeding and nutrition practices. Dr. Getty's goal is to empower the horse person with the knowledge to provide the best nutrition for his or her horse's needs. Dr. Getty is the author of the comprehensive resource, Feed Your Horse Like a Horse, as well as the seven topic-centered spotlight on equine nutrition series of booklets. She also offers an informative e-newsletter, Forage for Thought. Her website, GettyEquineNutrition.com, provides a world of useful information for the horse person. Well, welcome back, Dr. Juliet Getty. I'm so glad to have you on. This is a, a touchy topic. How are you? Yes. Thank you, Debbie. It's always a pleasure. And yes, it is a touchy topic. And I'm really looking forward to sharing some good information with your listeners today. Thank you. It's yeah, you're you're a genius, honestly, Juliet. And uh, I have uh, friends now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> friends whose lives are changed by you. So um, I know people pay attention to you. your articles that you write and the book and everything that your website is amazing. But when you rescue somebody's horse you're you're put into another stratosphere of <laughs> of expertise because it's so personal and i that's what i love about your topics is that you're very candid with us and you know you help us get past those things that are oh we anthropomorphize don't we about our horses we treat them like humans sometimes yeah and- well we do but we also need to understand that they are uh, in captivity and so they develop behaviors that respond to our behaviors. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, well, thank you for that. I mean, my goal is to, is to improve the quality of the horse's life and to improve the interaction between the horse and the horse owner mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, and you do that well. Yeah. And so today I, I asked you to address, maybe it was an article that you and I read. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. And stress was the word that nobody wants between our horses and ourselves. And there are certain things like hormones Mm -hmm. that can create stress in our horses. Certainly, we're going to talk today about what we put in our horses or allow them to eat is going to be a part of it. But kick us off with what do you what what was your knee jerk reaction when we were comparing notes on this article about stress and horses sure well there was a quote in the article that really impacted me and the author basically said that people do not know much about the biological or the ethological needs of animals in captivity ethological refers to the study of animal behavior so when a when a horse is in captivity versus a horse you know, running freely in the wild, the horse picks up on our cues. And so they get really accustomed to the routines that we instill on them. And I think that we really don't appreciate how important that is to the horse. So for example, and, and what was emphasized in this article, is that if you are feeding your horse a meal of some grain or a commercial feed or whatever it is, and you feed at uh, 7 a.m. and then again maybe at 5 p.m., and you do this every day, then your horse expects that. Mm-hmm. And if you run into a situation where you cannot feed at that particular time of day, then the horse suffers. 
And so I want to talk about the stress response that occurs during that and emphasize that every effort should be made to feed the horse uh, consistently, not only the consistency regarding the food, but the times that you have imposed on the horse's behavioral patterns. Okay. All right. So we all try. We all try to do that. But yeah. what's the hole in the, in the try? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Life gets in the way. It sure okay. does. So that happens. And what should we know about our horse's response to that besides they're stressed out because, you know, it's it's a, it's well, a predictable thing in their life and they like predictable, right? They do. They like predictable and they and they they get to to come to expect certain things. But the the thing that I would like to emphasize here is what stress does. So you might think, oh, I'm an hour late. You know, that's no big deal. And the horse certainly isn't going to to die from that. But over a period of time, if this happens consistently, the stress response can take its toll on your horse's health. And nobody wants that. And so I'd like to get a little technical here, if I may, and talk about something called the HPA axis, about the hormones that occur during a stressful situation. So what does HPA? HPA, yeah. Uh, That stands for hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. So the hypothalamus is a portion of the brain. And when the horse is stressed, it stimulates the hypothalamus to release a hormone. It's called CRH. And it stimulates the pituitary gland. And the pituitary gland then responds by releasing another hormone, which many people may be familiar with. It's called ACTH. If um, if any of you have a horse with Cushing's disease or PPID, then you're familiar with ACTH because that's what rises in that particular disease. But under normal circumstances, a stressed horse, the pituitary gland will produce ACTH, which travels to the adrenal gland. Uh, which is a small gland that sits on the side of the kidney. And that gland produces a hormone called cortisol. And most people are familiar with cortisol as the stress hormone. So during this cascade of events, cortisol rises. And that's where the trouble comes. Mm-hmm. Because cortisol causes insulin to rise. And insulin is a very normal hormone. The horse obviously needs it. It comes from the pancreas. But if the level in the blood is elevated consistently, it causes a great deal of inflammation. And this inflammation can lead to laminitis. Right. Mm-hmm. Over time, it can lead to Cushing's disease. And... What might be surprising to many folks is that when insulin rises, it tells the body to store fat so the horse can become overweight. And because it it has uh, inflammation properties, it inflames the brain further, which can lead to something called leptin resistance, which tells the horse that he needs to eat more even when he's over fat. So you can see that stress can lead to obesity, can lead to an appetite that never ends, can lead to laminitis, can lead to Cushing's disease. These are things that are so totally preventable. Mm -hmm. And this is why I make really my life's work about feeding horses so that they don't get stressed. Right. And and you've given us so many back issues of these episodes now on how um, being consistent and having forage often all day long yes. is is keeping our horses healthy. Tell me when you when you acquire a client who says, Okay, my horse is getting to be a little chubby. I think I may be causing this. I might have a little stress happening. She doesn't act like she used to do. Um, how do you start with that? Do you just kind of clear the table and say, okay, this is the way it's going to happen? Or how do you, <laughs> yeah. how uh, do you help us? Do it, do it right or, or else. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, well, the first thing I do is discuss the horse's history. And 
because if a horse, say a, a horse owner acquires a new horse, wants to feed that horse correctly, um, but the history of that horse involves where the horse was restricted with forage. And so that horse is damaged. So we have to realize that. And that means a damaged horse is going to take longer to heal than a horse that has been fed properly all along. And maybe it's just getting too many calories. Just getting we just too many calories, to yeah. Okay, so you, you not know. a chubby horse, but a horse that's actually maybe had that leptin effect yes. in their brain yeah. so that they actually now have a problem in their in They their have a problem. Mm-hmm. And see, leptin is a hormone that comes from fat. So the more body fat the horse has, the more leptin the horse produces. Ah, that makes sense. And so leptin travels to the brain and says to the brain, I have enough fat and I don't need to eat anymore. And so leptin is really uh, the hormone that tells the horse to stop eating because there's enough body fat. But if the horse becomes insulin resistant, perhaps due to elevated cortisol from stress, then that insulin inflames the brain and the brain does not get that message. So instead of stopping eating, the brain doesn't even recognize that leptin is there and says, "Uh uh-oh, I don't have enough body fat. I better eat and eat and eat because I need to build on, put more body fat on. Mm -hmm. You see what happens. Yeah. And are you seeing this more and more, Dr. Getty? Yes, I am. I really am. I'm seeing it quite a bit. A lot of it has to do with the fact, unfortunately, that overweight horses are advised by other people, their medical professionals, uh, the, the owners of these horses are advised to put the horse in a dry lot and remove uh, the hay and yeah. let that horse you know, stand there for hours and hours on end without anything to eat. Give the horse some hay in the morning, again at night, and then... The horse is without anything to chew basically all night, and that leads to leptin resistance. So I, I'm i always struggling to help people understand the logic of this. It is really so logical because horses in a natural setting do not have weight problems. It's yeah. because of how we treat them in a domesticated environment that leads to that. So to answer your original question, when I work with a person that has an overweight horse, I first try to determine the extent of the problem by examining the history. And then we work with fixing the problem. And to fix the problem, you have to basically do two things. You have to reduce the calories while still allowing the horse to have access to forage 24-7. And you have to work at reducing Insulin, because insulin elevation is what causes leptin resistance in the first place. Right. Gee, um, that's going to be helped by exercise, though, too, right? You can increase oh, yes, activity. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All exercise right. not only burns calories, but it also increases insulin receptors. Right. And so, therefore, the cell becomes more sensitive to insulin. Good. So, we got to get those guys moving out there, too, as part of our... Yeah. And, uh, one of the ways to do that, other than, you know, uh, putting the horse in an arena, getting on his back and doing some exercise with it is, is to, um, if, the, if the owner is fortunate enough to have a sufficient amount of land um, or can board a horse where they've had a paddock paradise mm-hmm. um, circumstance installed, that goes a long way in helping the horse move more throughout the day. Yeah, good. Yeah, I love that too. And people can go back and listen to some of the ideas that you've had about that, even just hand walking. And, you know, it's good for us too, right? It is, but some of us, you know, may not be able to for, uh, you know, time constraints, physical constraints, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. So we want to reduce that insulin. Are we reducing that both with some sort of, um, something we're supplementing with, or is it all through uh, just an, a tapered off reduction of feed and an increase in activity? 
Well, insulin, as we know, first of all, is is um, elevated when there's stress. Okay, so we want to redu- remove the stressful component, and restricting forage is incredibly stressful. So we want to make sure the hay is suitable, low enough in sugar, starch, and calories to eat, to have available 24-7. We get that out of the way. And then we work on reducing insulin by reducing inflammation. And there's there's lots of different supplements that help with this. One of them that I use a great deal is something called butyric acid. It's butyric, B as in boy, U-T-Y-R-I-C, butyric acid. And I have a supplement in my store that is butyric acid or it's available elsewhere. But there have been lots of studies on providing this. Really what it is is a volatile fatty acid. It's it's a, a naturally occurring substance in the horse's hindgut. And it does reduce insulin levels. So I've had very good results with that. How do you feed that? Well, you just add it to their meal, whatever okay. you're using as a carrier for their supplements. And another? then another another highly effective ingredient in reducing inflammation is CBD. Right. And uh, in fact, I heard on the news last night that Texas A&M University, their equine studies division, is now doing research on CBD uh, to reduce inflammation and pain and also to help with anxiety and stress in horses. So we're now starting to see the beginnings of what I believe will be a flood of research on CBD with horses. In the meantime, I continue to recommend it to my clients, and I've had really good results with it. Yeah, and A&M's program, my son went to A&M, and uh, their equine program is world-class. I mean, it's huge there. It's a city that they have there, and the research has always been cutting edge, so I would listen to them. I would I would think that they're they're going to set some bars, and that's awesome. I love yes, that. Yes, it Good. really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other antioxidants and anti-inflammatory substances like turmeric, uh, resveratrol, lipoic acid. These are all things that exist in a lot of supplements designed for metabolically challenged horses that do reduce inflammation and therefore allow the brain to recognize leptin. Great. I love that. And I know your website too has, um, we talked about, I think, some CBDs before and an earlier, see, obesity, I think, was the last episode that we had. And so, yeah, so this is a a bit of a crossover on it, but I wanted to tie in how stress um, is manifest out of it. You and I were looking at uh, a a Bay thoroughbred, imagine that, no, <laughs> a little thoroughbred <laughs> video that we were looking at and some weaving in the stall and and um, it's a, yeah. a transition horse. A horse is taken from a rescue to be trained and then hopefully the plan is to adopt it out and she's been very successful in adopting these thoroughbreds out. Uh-huh. So what was some of your um, recommendations in just looking at that video? You've got a horse that's weaving, pacing, Pacing outside, pacing inside too. Should we be looking at nutrition first for that? I mean, she she said she had forage, but remember, she'd only had her a couple of days. So yeah, I didn't see any hay in the video, so it mm. it looked to me as though there was none. But um, the horse was exhibiting a, um, overt signs of stress. The weaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I even saw some rocking. Yes. which was mm-hmm. unusually harsh. It's difficult yes. to watch, to be frank. Yes. That horse should have, well, number one, should, but shouldn't be in a stall, frankly. Okay. Horses are not, to, not supposed to live in boxes. They, um, they are grazing animals. They need to have room to roam, and they're naturally claustrophobic. And if you put them in a 12 by 12 stall, or I don't care if it's a 12, 20 by 12 stall, if they're confined in a, in a small space, then if they feel threatened and need to run, um, they can't. So that's a stressor all in and of itself, even if there is hay available. Right. Um, and I know you've worked with thoroughbreds, so you're talking about thoroughbreds too. You know how some people will say, yes. well, but not thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds have to be, right? So, nope, yes. we're including thoroughbreds. Yep. <laughs> well, all horses will run and get out of the way when they feel threatened right. rather than stick around and fight. You know, that that's... 
that's their flight response, and that's that's an instinctive response. And if we inhibit that, then they're not yeah. happy with that. And we can put a disclaimer in here that not everybody, you know, has pasture land to do that and, and can't do it. And then some horses are not, you know, to this extreme that we're talking about either. But you're suggesting that let's try it. Get that horse outside. Take that excuse away. That that's not. Yes, and yeah. as I've always, and as I've mentioned in the past, when I speak, I usually talk about the ideal, and I do right. understand that there are circumstances that can't allow us to meet that ideal. But the more outside time, the better. Uh, a buddy next door where the horse can touch the buddy. That's also helpful. But um, in terms of feeding, that horse needs to have access to something to chew on at all times so that he doesn't develop uh, ulcers, which are very painful. Mm -hmm. And that's another type of stress. Sure. And that could have been manifesting as well. Yeah. Well, especially if, if this horse, this particular thoroughbred were rescued off the track. Was. Oh, okay. Well, then I can virtually guarantee that he had ulcers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, and, and I know that, um, we want to, do the ulcer medication as uh, little as possible. So you probably just want to, if if they're going to be on a methoprazine, just you know one of those, then just do it for a couple weeks. I think you recommend and get off of it. Yeah, if you can, um, limit it to that. Mm-hmm. But the thing about when using drugs like a meprazole is that as soon as you stop, there's a rebound effect. So sure. it has the horse has to be weaned off of it. But the first step is to make sure that there's always grass hay available and then alfalfa should be provided too since it's a natural buffer um and then there are herbal preparations that contain things like aloe vera juice which is fabulous for ulcers a marshmallow root slippery elm uh l-glutamine these things as well will help the digestive tract um the the mucosal lining actually uh, regenerate in a healthy state Omeprazole is not the answer uh, for long term. Right. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah. saying that out loud too, because we do need to uh, stop getting off those. We, you know, we've used those crutches for so many years that they're, you know, now talking about how you cycle it, and oh my gosh. So yeah, uh, it, and it does it, prevent the absorption of some key minerals, so exactly. bones can become very porous. I think it's a direct uh, relation there too. We've talked about that and I and there are others that agree with that too. So people should be looking at that. The nice thing about having you on Dr. Getty is that not only are you you give us, you know, options and things to think about or do, but also I, you know, I just love that people are wanting to be educated because the behavioral issues are being tied to, like stress, being tied to the way we're feeding them. And that's not fair to horses because you know we can't blame them for behavioral problems if we're not getting them as healthy as possible. So that's why I think this is so critical to horsemanship radio. Oh, absolutely. And I, I hear so often uh, from my clients when they start to change the way they feed their horses, that they have a new horse, that mm-hmm. their horses are calmer and they uh, are more attentive and they are eager to learn and um, just be a better companion. Yeah. To their to their owners, it's just wonderful to see. Yeah, because we're a better companion, and that's and that's the yeah. loop right there. I, I love having you on, and I think that people are starting to um, look for different holistic ways to help their horses, yes. and they will have happier horses, and that's our goal. Uh, keep those horses in our lives and keep everybody happy together. So you I appreciate bet. you. As always, what's your website? Tell us where we can go learn more about those. Go to www.gettyequinenutrition.com. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Getty. Again, we'll talk to you in a few months. We love having you on. I will look forward to it. Thank you again, Debbie. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place in the magic in the language of... Dear Monty, 
I'm looking for ideas on how to help a horse that is on stall rest and can only be hand-walked post-surgery. He gets so, quite understandably, full of energy that he gets explosive, which makes going for a quiet hand-walk challenging, to say the least, and I don't want him to injure himself or me. How can I help him calm his mind and body? Thank you for all that you do. Monty's answer. This is a situation met by many owners. Follow the advice of your veterinarian on substances you might use to help quiet him to an extent that he's safe for you to lead. There's never an easy answer, but a conversation with your vet might suggest that a tranquilizer is necessary. You might think that this may be harmful, but I promise that the horse's hoof landing on your head is far more harmful. A good area with secure fencing and good footing is very important. Walking in a straight line back and forth is generally one solution. Often there's a hallway or breezeway with reasonable footing or footing that can be made reasonable, and then walking where two walls discourage bad behavior is a possibility. Schooling with the dually halter is an option if the need isn't already a factor. Studying my methods will find the use of the dually halter to be a safety measure practically unsurpassed. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to MontyRoberts.com and click on the words Ask Monty at the bottom of the page. Imagine if you could take Monty to the barn with you. Watch and learn as he addresses each challenge with your horse and answers your questions too. You head to the arena and you work on each new lesson, knowing Monty's there to encourage you, all with violence-free, tried-and-true methods. After all, he's been helping train horse lovers all his life. With his online university, you could be like Kathy, a retired teacher who just bought her first horse. Recently, I went to a tack shop to look for a smaller halter. I'm 61, just purchased my 14 hands POA the day after my birthday just a few weeks ago after never having had a horse. And yes, that's crazy, but as a retired teacher who never had a hobby other than teaching, I decided to go for it. My hubby and I have taken lessons this past year, but I really longed for a relationship with a horse. Um, The only other experience I'd ever had was to ride a horse in Philly, Pennsylvania, my hometown, when I was 16, and I got bucked off. And that was it (laughs) until I was 61. Um, Well, the owner of this tax shop, um, this is precious lady, 84-year-old lady, gave me a copy of this magazine, Equine Monthly. And the article I read in it was Horses Are Biofeedback Beings. And it was just so interesting. I really felt like I just found a pot of gold when I read it because in it, it talked about Monty's online university and that I could have access to 575 videos for $10 a month. And before that, I was just searching YouTube for everything I could find. But truthfully, that's just a pain. Um, I love that the uni videos are concise and they're in order. Um, They have extra notes and a quiz. And I just can't thank you enough for the huge blessing of your online university. It really has changed my life and I will never be the same. Um, I've had my horse Jack now for seven weeks and Thanks to the videos, I've done join up with him, and it really worked like a dream. Uh, I had to do it in an arena, but it still worked. Thanks to Monty's lessons and the cues and the hand signals, um, the ability to watch the lessons over and over on demand is incredible. So I also want to thank you so very much for making the online university affordable for this retired teacher. Thank you so much for all that you do for everyone who really wants to love a horse. Kathy. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. June 21 through 23, we have the movement with Monty Roberts, Temple Grandin, and lots of presenters. And then we have June 29 through July 3, Monty's Special Training Brazil. And July 24 through 26, we have Horses and Healing for our veterans and first responders. August 3 through 7, we have Monty's Special Training, again, our annual with Monty for five days. And we have August 17 through 28, the Gentling Wild Horses Course from start to finish. And we have September 11 to 13, a horse and healing again for our first responders. And then we also have a CHA 
EFM, that's Equine Facility Management Certification at Flag is Up Farms. And if you did not commit all of that to memory, I know I didn't, you go to MontyRoberts.com where you can find all of that and so much more. Or you can give the folks at Flag is Up Farms a call, 805-688-6288. And for details about today's show, number 161, you can go to HorsemanshipRadio.com and you're going to find links, photos, and more information about today's guests and topics. And we love your feedback. We want to hear from you. You can do that on social media. Follow Monty Roberts on Facebook. The page name is Monty Roberts. You can also follow him on Twitter or Instagram. And his handle there is Monty underscore Roberts. And don't forget, get the app for your iPhone or your Android so you can have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go. And that app can be found in your app store. Just search Horse Radio Network. It's free and easy to use. Or you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Many thanks to our sponsors as well. We wouldn't do it without them. Finish Line Fencing and Cavallo Horse and Rider and, of course, MontyRobertsUniversity.com. And be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, I do, on the Horse Radio Network at www.HorseRadioNetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. <music>